to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 comes from the same word where the word discipline comes from that is to tell you now listen to me that is to tell you that in order to be a disciple you have to be disciplined do you remember that and let me tell you this in the days where Jesus Christ had his 12 disciples that's what normally would happen with people who were like specialized in a calling or in a field they would normally have disciples now here's what the disciples would do the disciples had to like stop whatever they were doing and then they would be supported by the person who's teaching them that trade they would even leave by many of them by the time they were 12 years old they would leave their houses in order to follow the person who's discipling them in a sp- specific discipline because that's what discipleship is about discipleship is about giving yourself in order to be taught the word of god it's about giving yourself in order to learn uh Well, and and uh, a trade and an art um uh, a career that's what um discipleship is about let me give you an example uh we we have in our midst bentry bentry plays drums in that day if what you did was play drums what would happen is you would get let's say when you reach a place where you are a big name and everybody wants to be like you when they grow up what would happen is you would gather a lot of kids who are 12 years and above, and then you take them to maybe, let's say, your house or your university, whatever it was, you take them there, and then you begin training them how to play drums. But in training them how to play drums, they'll be living with you. They'll be eating with you. You'll provide for them where to feed. you show them how to make money until they become independent men also able to make other disciples why because it's a discipline and even parents got to understand this thing this is why some of the teachings <clears throat> of the lord jesus christ when it comes to discipleship were unbearable but they were also understandable to an extent because in those days there were certain things expected of a disciple but even today those are some of the things that are expected of a disciple a disciple number one, write this down must be disciplined write this down a disciple must be disciplined so when a christian walk to look at look at your age for age for you at the padebo um fila talk about the discipline young paper Opa pa fefe ole 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 foya ne fio ole foya 
<clears throat> you, it means you lack training. But proper Christianity, when it comes to the context of discipleship, actually means... Oh, I saw the first scripture I quoted. Thank you, Elijah. The first scripture I quoted was um, Matthew 28, 18, where the Lord Jesus Christ says to go into the world and make disciples. And then I said, number one, because I gave you a point. Number one, I said a disciple must be disciplined. Number two, from Matthew 28, 18, where the Lord Jesus Christ said to go into the world and make disciples. Listen, disciples, write this down. Number two, disciples are not born. They are made. So that whole, that whole, now this, this rules out all this whole self-made nonsense from the world. That self-made cipher stuff you've heard <laughs> has to go out. Everybody say, I'm a self-made what? No, not here. Here, we don't do that. Here, no one is self-made. We are made by other people because that's how the kingdom system works. That's how the kingdom system works. We need people, and God designed it in such a way that we will need people, and we do need people. The Lord Jesus Christ needed to be discipled. He needed people in order to be born here, and they taught him the way of the Lord. His, his parents told him, they started telling him, they started taking him to the temple, and they took care of him till he was old enough. There's no one who was self-made. Even when Paul started, he had to go to Ananias, and Ananias began to teach him the way of the Lord. Before God began to reveal certain things to him. And it's, listen, it's very impossible for you to say that, you know, there are people who are very independent and they say, no, us, we just obey God. But how can you obey God who you can't see and disobey man that you can see? How can you say that you obey God when you're disobeying a man? You, you can't obey a God you can't see when you're disobeying a man that you can see. Because that man is a representative of the God you can't see. In a sense, I'm sure you remember some of you when you are younger, your parents and your grandparents would tell you that I'm your second God. Who was ever told that? Yes, I'm your second God. That's what they would tell us that when we were growing up. And there was a point to that. See? Here's the next thing that I'm going to tell you about discipleship. So I told you, Disciples are not born, they are made. I said a disciple has to be disciplined. Now, write number three. There's a difference, and I'm going to say this in context, but I want you to write this down. There's a difference between, this is so important, there's a difference between a Christian and a Christian disciple. Write that down, number three. Let's say, write number 3A, I'll link them. There's a lot of Christians, but very few Christian disciples. Write that down. Because I want you to be meditating on some of these words that I'm giving you. There is a lot of Christians, but very few Christian disciples. Please write that down.
a lot of Christians, but very few Christian disciples. And this is why, listen, this is powerful. This is why you see that Jesus only had 12 disciples. First, he only had 12 disciples. Why didn't he call the whole world to be a disciple? Listen, write the next sentence down. It's not easy to be a disciple. It's not an easy thing. It's not a very simple thing to be a disciple. Write this next statement down, and I'll be explaining them as we go on. There are many fans of Jesus Christ, many fans, <laughs> but few disciples, many fans, few disciples. Do you remember when Jesus Christ was healed the woman with the issue of blood? When the Lord Jesus Christ healed, with the, healed the woman with the issue of blood, <clears throat> there were so many people that had thrown themselves around him. <clears throat> and some of them were touching him. I can, I can, I'm sure there were some women who were even lifting placards, marry me! Disciples, Peter was just like, no, don't make me cut your ear. <laughs> you know, and Thomas was probably like, I, I just can't believe this. So the, the, everyone was touching him because they had heard about him, you know. If it was this day, would say people had checked him out on Instagram. It was happening even when Wantu was posting about him. I mean, he was just the happening guy. So everybody wanted a piece of this Jesus. So everybody wanted to touch him, you know. They wanted to talk to him. Paparazzi was all around him, taking pictures and taking microphones, wanting to talk to him. A, a lot of fans. And you can tell this, but that when that, that woman who had faith touched the hem of his garment, he stopped suddenly and he said, someone touched me. But remember the response of Peter. Peter said, wait, <laughs> so many people have been touching you. What do you mean? That's why Jesus Christ said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, but one who does the will of my Father. Are you seeing that? Not everyone who said, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but one who does. So there are a lot of people who even post a scripture once, you know, I mean, I'm, I've met very religious people. I've met very religious people who once in a while post a scripture, you know, uh, all things are working for my good. It's still not enough. It still doesn't mean you're a believer. <laughs> there are people who are just religious, but they are not really uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to show you some scriptures where the Lord Jesus Christ was teaching on discipleship. I hope your pen and your papers are ready so that you can write these things down. And we'll be done in the next 15 minutes because by 10.30, I must be out. These classes are not supposed to take this long normally. I mean, they're supposed to last an hour. I don't know if we've been here an hour. Because people have got things they need to do. All right. Are you ready? Blessed be God. And I'm going to show you the things that I've told you. You realize why, what I meant when I said it's not very easy 
to be a disciple. <clears throat> Let's begin with Luke chapter 9. Now, I think only those who are using Zoom will be able to read the scriptures with me. Because I've not figured out yet how to use how to share the screen with Zoom with Google Meet. <clears throat> Luke chapter nine and verse twenty-three. Let me go before you. Luke chapter nine. And verse 23. This is powerful. I'm going to read. The Bible reads. And he said to them. And he said to all. If any person wills to come after me. Let him deny himself. That is disown himself. Forget. Lose sight of himself. And his own interests. Refuse. And give up himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That is to cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and if need be in dying also. Woo! That's serious. Someone type that's serious. This is discipleship now we are getting into, eh? This is not just Christianity. You are going far. Amen. It's not just one of those you are going for teaching. This is you sit down and you think, okay, what does it mean to be a disciple? These are the things we are, we are looking at. Let me read that part again. And he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, lose sight of himself, and his own interests. Refuse and give up himself, and take up his cross daily. And follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. Now that's serious. So Jesus Christ is saying, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, if you want to follow me, there are conditions. Look, write this down. In following Jesus Christ, there are conditions. The love of Jesus Christ is unconditional, but following him is conditional. He demands certain things from you. If you want to follow Jesus Christ, there are certain things he's going to demand from you. And there are certain things he demands from people if they have to follow him. And he says, disown yourself. You, have, you ever, have you guys ever heard that? Ah, but I'm just a disown. Somebody was telling me, hey, pastor, mm, my, my father can disown me. For a person to disown, I'm sure you understand what it means. So, listen. When If you're going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to put away your interests. Let me give you an example. There are times when, uh, sometimes, let me give you an example. There are people who say, I've seen people say, uh, you say people, what do you like doing? Then they say, 
even in your introductions, you are saying, I like eating. I find that very new, by the way. Like, okay, how do you like eating? That's, I find that, <laughs> I find that very strange. I was saying that sometimes I hear you guys talk about your hobbies and some of the hobbies I've been seeing is, me, I like eating. Okay. Now, there are times when you have an interest to eat. Then just in the morning, God asks you to fast and pray for the next one month. <clears throat> Talk to me. Are you ready for such instructions? Because it says put aside <laughs> your desires and your interests. And if need be your life in following me. That's what it means to be a disciple. A disciple of the Lord Jesus. Sometimes in being the disciple, he asks you to leave a relationship and you have to. Not a marriage. He would never ask you to leave a marriage. But if you have to follow Jesus sometimes, you have to let go of your relationship because he knows it's going to be a hindrance in you following him. So you find he asks you to leave a relationship. I mean, imagine being in a relationship where you have been discussing, like I told you last time, no, us will not be having sex before marriage. You, should, you shouldn't even be discussing such things in the relationship. They shouldn't even been there. So you think it's wise. Oh, no, because at least we are putting in boundaries. In. No. Shouldn't even be there. The discussion must not even be there. <laughs> you just have to be looking at each other. How many times do you pass through Vasilis? And you have seen it burns when you're hungry. There's cream around. There's even a cherry on top. Do you even discuss it? You just pass. It also doesn't call you. You just pass each other. Oh, I feel like I'm preaching the right stuff right here. So you, you, you reach a place even in your relationship where you're just looking at each other. You don't even discuss it. Why are you discussing it in the first place? This is why we tell people, you have to date people of the same faith. Because if you're not going to date someone of the same faith, you find you, you, the pastor taught you to just pass. The other one said, no, but how do you leave groundnuts in a room with rats and expect them to behave? Are you dating a rat? Anyways, <laughs> all I'm trying to tell you is sometimes God will ask you, my goodness, I feel like this, this is the right audience. The love and the spirit is coming on me. You feel like you, 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 God will ask you to drop certain things. And listen to this. Sometimes it may not even be an issue of, sometimes it may not even be an issue of the person is wrong because they're asking for things from you, but because God wants to realign your destiny. So in realigning your destiny, sometimes what God does is he, he may ask you to leave certain people and be with certain people. But that's what discipleship is about, because you're just not every other believer out there trying to make it somewhere like trying to be a Christian, going to church and warming the bench. No, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Listen, there is a difference between Peter and even the woman with the issue of blood. There's a difference between John and the guy who was raised somewhere in a coffin. There's a difference between, between, between 
Philip and Peter's mother-in-law. Their lives were different. And this is what Jesus wants the world to be. Jesus wants all of us to be his disciples. So in being a disciple, he says, you must be willing to lay down your interests. Lay down your interests. Lay down your interests. Listen, when I was in my fourth year of university, the Lord spoke to me to begin being serious with ministry. And I'm going to share you this very personal story. The Lord asks me, asked me to be serious to, in ministry. Here's the other thing. Normally when you let me just take this quick sidestep. Normally when you're in a disciple, even instructions, there's a way they come. Because being a disciple connotes maturity. Write this down. Write this down. Being a disciple demands maturity. It connotes maturity. Maturity is for disciples. No. When you see maturity in someone's faith, they're a disciple. Now, remember that when you were young, you'd command your father the things you want. Bring me sweets, bring me this, and your mom. And sometimes it would happen, you know, your parents come and you don't want to eat. They start begging you, please eat shupiwe. Shupiwe is just shupali. Eat. <laughs> I'm going to start a rap career right here. Anyways, so shupiwe is just shupali. Eat shupiwe. Our shupiwe, shupen. Then, you would even threaten your parents. Darzi, if you don't bath me, I'm not going to eat. Then your father would say, oh, come here, babe girl. Then he would bath you, then you would eat. That's when you are like two years old, one year old. When you turn 15, <laughs> instructions start changing now. Your father starts saying, hey, when I come back, I'm coming back with visitors. I have to find the place swept. Or otherwise, I'll send you back to the village. But that I'm not from the village. Hey, just know. Like, <laughs> instructions begin changing. There's that advert I watched. I don't know if it was for what. Where, um, uh, like, the mother did not want the daughter to go out of the house. So, the mother... Ask the daughter when the daughter when the mother noticed that the daughter actually wants to go out, the mother started giving to my assignments. Can you sweep the plates? I mean, can you can you sweep the floor? She swept the floor. Can you wash the plates? She washed the plates. After 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 she did everything, like there was still time for her to go out. So the mother said, the mother said, Hey, can you go and dust the leaves? The tree outside is dusty. <laughs> and if you have an African parent, you know you have to do it. You know? Because instructions now start going upwards, down. You are told what to do. You have now grown up. You have now grown up. You are instructed in what to do. And that's one thing that happens when you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He starts telling you instructions. Sometimes it just tells you, sit, don't go anywhere today. You have to sit down and pray. And you will not explain why. 
Remember, that's what your parents used to do. They just tell you, I should find these chairs washed. You've been jumping on these sofas. You've not even been washing. Have you ever bought soap? I want them washed tomorrow morning. Mommy, mommy, no, you're going to wash. And you have to wash. But remember, your two-year-old two little sister is just going to be jumping on them. So when you begin maturing, one mark of maturing and one mark of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus is now you are able to receive instructions in the faith. God is able to instruct you and tell you what he wants you to do. A lot of times for people, it's about, eh, God, do this for me. God, do this for me. Oh, God, do this for me. Bless me, bless me. Do this, give me, give me. It's all about what you want, God. God, Lord, give me attention. But you know the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter number four, my son, pay attention to my words. That means a time comes in your life where you now have to listen to what God wants. Because listen, brothers and sisters, God loves you, yes, but God also wants to use you. God wants to work with you. There are projects and things that God wants to accomplish in this earth using your life. But that, God can't do that if you're always demanding things from God and you've not grown to the extent where you can water the garden of God, clean the kitchen of God, go and buy things for God because he's receiving visitors. You understand what I mean? A time comes in your life where you have to begin thinking like a mature believer. And discipleship is one of those things that demand maturity. You stop just being Every other person out there just going to church to sit in the bench and come back home. No, the seriousness of your life in Christ becomes more than just that. Listening to the word of God. I was blessed. You know, things begin changing now. You begin looking for the will of God. How can I execute the will of God in my, in my village? How can I execute? The, Lord, what do you want me to do about the next three years of my life? Are you seeing that? Things begin changing now. God, what do you want me to do about the How best can I save you with the gifts that you've given me? That's what discipleship is about. It's about doing the, obediently doing the will of God. Because some of you just... Date whoever you want to date. You just see a girl. There's no difference between you and every every worldly person there. You're all bridal parties. The Bemba way is in Shindi, Shiku Shindika. So, Muntuale, if you talk now, what is Shindika? My bridal party. From left to right. That's what is Shindika. Your eyes are escorting. And because you are judging by what you look, by how things look, that's how you make some errors. And God can't even control you. But that's not the will of God for you. I'm going to show you. Here's, here's, here's the other thing that the Lord Jesus Christ said about discipleship. In Luke chapter 9 verse 24, he said, For whoever would preserve his life and save it will lose it and destroy it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he will preserve and save it from the penalty of eternal death. Are you seeing that? Verse 26. Whoever is ashamed of me and of my teachings, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the, in the, in the threefold glory, the splendid majesty of himself and the Father and of the holy angels. Mm. Are you seeing that? That's what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. He's saying, if you lose, if you, if you desire to keep your life, meaning this discipleship thing, 
And this is a New Testament phenomenon. This discipleship thing goes to the extent of you have to be, it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's not a, listen, it's a big deal, yes, but it's not very, so much of a strange thing to the New Testament for people to die for believing in Jesus. But are you willing to? Some of you just know that Jesus died for you. <laughs> I pray that you all live for Jesus, but you know there are places where people have to die for their faith. People die for what they believe in. People die for what they believe in. They actually die. At the beginning of the Christian faith, people used to die for being Christians. That never happened in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, people never died for being believers. But in the New Testament, see, that's what it means to follow Jesus. That's why he said to carry your cross daily. Now, let me tell you what it means to carry your cross. It's in levels. To carry your cross daily may mean always avoiding sin. That's one level. The pleasures of sin so that the life and the will of God can be manifested in your daily life. That means every day, every opportunity to sin, every opportunity to curse, every opportunity to fornicate, every opportunity to steal, every opportunity to covet, you decide to reject it. That means you are killing yourself from worldly pleasures and desires so that you can live unto the righteousness of Christ Jesus in you so that you can be an expression of the righteousness of God. Don't just do it once. Some of you did the righteous thing. One week, you are like, yeah, I didn't drink that week. <laughs> no, the Lord will understand. No, he won't. In discipleship, it's not a one-time thing. Some people, the scripture they know is a, a righteous man can fall seven times and rise up. What about just consistently walking in righteousness? Do you have to be falling, eh? You always fall, 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 fall. How about consistently walking? Because the Bible also says, see, he says, when we walk in righteousness, when we walk in fellowship with him, that blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So you can live in a place of perpetual cleansing from the sin. That place of fellowship. That's where God wants you to be. Because <clears throat> sometimes you find some people always have to repent of their sins at night before they sleep. Lord, you know, we're just human fresh. Because you're always doing something wrong. But God wants you to graduate. Let me show you two more scriptures, then we'll close. I want us to look at the book of Matthew, chapter 10. <clears throat> We're talking about discipleship. Now, this is powerful. Matthew, chapter 10. And we're going to read verse... Maybe let's begin from verse 34. The Bible reads, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but sword. That's strange hearing that from the Lord Jesus. In other words, he came to bring division. Then he goes on to say, For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Then he says, And the man's enemies will be those of his own household. Which is strange to hear of the Lord Jesus. Can you imagine? 
Jesus Christ did not just come to die for you. Jesus Christ came to make you enemies. <laughs> Someone say, oh, oh. Jesus Christ also came to make you enemies. Listen, sometimes the fact that you've got enemies over the things you believe is a sign that you are actually becoming a disciple. Listen, you, there's no way you can be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and every sinner is your best team. You're joking. You are just a fan. You are probably just a fan of the Lord Jesus. How? Some of you have got besties who do everything wrong. You are close, in fact. They can listen to every song that has got curse words in them. They can punt against anyone. You can play with them knowing that they are cheating on it. Why weren't you disgusted when you realize that your friend is actually cheating? Why didn't you rise up against, the, against him and say, ah, dude, you can't be doing this. These are people's hearts you are dealing with that Jesus died for. And you find Christians do this. There's no maturity. They are joking with their lives. And you say, a lot of them think they are young. They think there's this one day where they'll just grow up speaking in tongues. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You mature when you want to mature. Like when you hear the word of God the way you are hearing it, you, you decide to change. It's not every other song that you should be listening to. Can you give me more hot water? Very hot. And sometimes what begins happening, listen guys, this is so important. Sometimes what begins happening is now you begin making enemies. You know that some of those, your, your fellow girls, when you meet, you just gossip about people, rubbish them and talk about things. Now, imagine, imagine even the shame that was, especially in these boarding schools and universities, you are, you are, you are rubbishing someone, talking about them, and boom, they walk in the room. Bad girl. But you know that, you know that you've just been caught. It, it should each be a hypocrite. Anyways, so you reach a place where there are some friendships you can't hold anymore. It just becomes difficult. If you love Jesus, trust me, you make you make enemies. You can't be a friend of everybody's and think you're going to be a friend of the Lord Jesus's. Listen, if Jesus said your enemies shall be those of your own household, what more just to my friends you met? Some of you, you are afraid of losing some of your friends. Let me show you something. I'll get, okay, I'll go to, to what I want to show you. But just listen to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He keeps teaching the same thing that he was teaching in the book of Luke. That a time comes when you even have to differ even with your own parents. I remember hearing the story of a certain young Muslim girl right here in McKinney. You know in McKinney there are a lot of Muslims, right? Just put it here. You know in McKinney there are like a lot of Muslims. And there's this story of a girl who she decided to be a Christian. Now, let me tell you what, what they do that side. When you decide to become a Christian, <laughs> the, the Sharia law says you are an embarrassment and a traitor 
So what they do is they do what they call, some of them do what they call honor killings. It's now that people have become modernized and they don't care. But some of them do what they call honor killings. They will kill you. So what they did according to that testimony is they got her, stripped her naked for becoming a Christian. And they took electricity, live wires, and they took a drum and water. And they were going to throw her inside the drum. I mean, imagine. Someone say, wow. That's what, that was, that was what was going to happen to her. And then, for some reason, she found her way up the war fence, jumped it, and ran into the tarmac, naked. And she got on a bus. People thought she was mad. She was telling them, they are going to kill me. They are going to kill me. That's how they rushed her somewhere. They gave her some clothes because some people understood that he had come really genuine. And she was not willing to renounce Christianity. She was willing to die for it. This thing that you take lightly, some of you, eh? people have attempted to die for it. <laughs> this Christianity thing. That's how it is. Jesus Christ said, in, in, in any ways, I'm just telling you to tell, I'm just telling you this to tell me you this. Jesus Christ was saying, I mean, I'm telling you this to tell you this. Remember the scripture from reading is saying, and your enemies shall be those of your household. Sometimes because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, people should laugh at you. They should say you are overdoing this. You begin making enemies as a disciple. One mark sometimes is because of your faith. You are beginning to make enemies. Enemies of people you live with. Enemies of friends. You know, after after some some of you just after you're done with this discipleship class. There are some people you, I mean these discipleship classes. There are some people you begin thinking about. And eventually, by the time we're done with these discipleship uh, lessons, you find you can't click with certain people. Because you're just diametrically opposite. Your beliefs are diametrically opposite. And you can't just click. Now you are able to insist, no, I'm going to change them. But you are the one who's always being changed. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. No, I want to change them. You are not wiser than the scriptures, my guy. So sometimes there are people you just leave. Trust me, it's shocking when you leave those people. You discover something. You will, you will not die. You'll be shocked you're still breathing the same oxygen you're breathing whilst you were their friend. And listen to me. One thing that the, that the Bible shows us, something that amazing from our patriarch Abraham, here's something that the Bible shows us. I want you to look at something. When you read the book of when you read the book of Genesis, I want you to write down this scripture and just meditate on it. When you read the book of Genesis, chapter number 12, Genesis chapter number 12. Look at this. This is God did this the first time. Verse 1. Genesis chapter number 12, verse 1. The Bible says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Imagine. Imagine, this is a 75-year-old man that God wants to begin a journey with. 
And the first thing that God tells him, a 75-year-old man is get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to some land. He didn't even say where. He just told him, start off. It takes, it takes obedience to obey God. <laughs> you have to be obedient. Here's the other thing I want to tell you. Sometimes God will take you, if you have to begin walking with God, please, please hear me. If you're going to begin walking with God, he's going to ask you to leave certain places. He's going to ask you to leave certain people. He's even going to ask you to stop clinging on to certain family members because they'll become toxic to your relationship with God. Every relationship has got a place where sometimes it becomes toxic. And if you are going to follow God in a very deeper way, at the level of being a disciple, he's going to demand that you leave certain things and certain people. And then as long as you do not follow God to this decree, a degree, the next verse will not come. He tells him in the next verse, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, this blessing was not in isolation. It had a condition. The condition was he had to live. Listen, there are some dimensions of fellowship, favor, and the blessing of God that you cannot experience if you are not given to discipleship, if you are not given to following him, if you are not given to obedience. That's powerful. I really think that's powerful. There are certain blessings you cannot experience if you are not given to obedience. Someone type, I choose to be obedient. Just type, I choose to be obedient. The final thing that I wanted to tell you was this. Jesus Christ said this. We're looking at discipleship. Why are you joining discipleship? Why are you joining discipleship class? And what is discipleship about? Please, we're almost done. Here is what the Lord Jesus Christ said in the book of Matthew, chapter 5. It's the last scripture we are reading. Praise God. Matthew chapter 5. This is what discipleship is about. Matthew chapter 5. This is very important. Hmm. I was actually writing a very funny song from this scripture. Listen to what Jesus Christ said. Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin... Pluck it out and cast it from you. Listen to that. <laughs> Did Jesus Christ say, some people read the scripture like this. Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin, explain to it, no, we can't do this again. We are not feeling good about it. We are repenting. He didn't, he didn't say, explain to it. He says, when your right eye causes you to sin, remove it. He didn't even say, if I can wire. No, remove it. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable. Listen to this. He says it's more profitable for you that one of your members, that, that is to mean one of your body parts, perish 
than for the whole body to be cast into hell. That's serious. Then he says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. That's serious. I mean, Jesus expects that if your eyes are causing you to sin, you have to remove them and become blind, for it's better for you to lose your eyes <laughs> than to go and burn in hell with your eyes. <laughs> now, here's a question, and here's a question that I'm going to ask you. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, eh? if God expects you to remove a body part for causing you to sin, to cut it out, what more a person? It must be easier. <laughs> so this is why I just look at some people and I say, <laughs> ah, you are going to win the chopped competition just here you know there's that chopped competition on tv that i watch where the chefs cook then they chop someone off at some point there's some people you have to chop out of your life with my whole entire body so and if you love Jesus, there are certain things that you are going to be able to do. Are you listening to me? This is what discipleship is about. Discipleship is about following, with discipline, following a man. It's not just about following the Lord Jesus. It's not just about, it's not just about, oh, going to church. And, no, it's deeper than that. Tomorrow we'll look at part two. I'm going to tell you specific things about discipleship. Now, I'm going to also... Uh, 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 narrow it down to discipleship between you and I and what it means and where God wants us to go. Hallelujah. All right, I'm done. Uh, let me just pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I decree and declare the blessing of God that makes rich and adds no sorrow. I pray that let the word of God find root in their hearts. Let the word of God not just be some amazing thing that they listen to, but let the word of God be practical in their life, it lives, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it exercise its superhuman strength in them. Lord, I also pray, show yourself to them in dreams and visions as they sleep and let their lives turn around for the best. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. I'm sure they've taught you how to um, give reviews and what have you. I'm rushing because I'm going to, to do another discipleship class, so I'm leaving. All those that have got questions, kindly join Zoom. You'll find the deacons there. They're going to answer your questions.